0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of MGR Unplugged. I'm here with David again. And, Hello. Uh, hey, David. How are you? Um, we have a lot of things this week again. We Last week, um, it's interesting that we, we started talking about... We, we record this on Thursdays every week. And When we talked last Thursday, none of the
1: major riots and disturbances and everything had happened yeah, just yet. We always record this Thursday mornings. Right. And so, unfortunately, we actually... Mentioned it very briefly, the George Floyd thing, uh, but we didn't actually. The riots hadn't happened yet. Basically, there was protests in Minnesota, but it wasn't nationwide or anything like that yet. So,
0: so obviously, we we did touch a little bit on on social media and the and the uh, spread of news and the good and bad uses of social media. But I think uh, there's so much that's happened over the last week that I think. I mean, he and I have been talking about it. Um, everybody's been listening to. Whatever sources you listen to, whether it's watching news or your favorite podcast and uh, internet, whatever. So um, I think I, I wanted to get into it a little more because I'm, I'm really curious um, and interested in, in, in expanding the debate about this um, this week um, that has been really uh, incredible for in in many ways. So. Uh let's just um plan on that, David, and um let's get started. None of you people can tell me
1: to stop lower the lights down, hand over my crown, hand over my heart. Yeah. I do this for my town. Yeah. I do this for my
0: crowd. So turn me up real loud, my time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. Alright, welcome back. Uh David. What um, let me ask you. With, let me ask you this first. Um, from all the events that we've been going through over the last seven days, really, um, what is the thing that has surprised you the most? That you've been more surprised app- me the most. Appalled by. Well, that's two
1: different questions. Appalled or surprised? Well, I, I like to kind of combine the two. I mean, I. I, um, I Okay, I have I have kind of two answers. I mean, appalling. Obviously, the most appalling thing was the video itself of George Floyd. Yeah, but that dying. yes, that, that that actually you did watch it
0: before last week. I didn't watch it before, and then I watched it after. That's totally totally unreal what happened. So, but I want to move forward to the events
1: and the reactions or lack of um, um for the last seven days. Surprising. I mean, yeah, I don't think anybody expected it to. Blow up nation? I mean, worldwide, really? Yeah, like that. No, I mean, even yesterday, worldwide. I saw videos in London and Paris and New Zealand and mm-hmm. Amsterdam. and Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um So, no, I did not expect, obviously, a, a guy dying in Minnesota to cause worldwide riots. Obviously, it's not this particular instance. It's the like the the straw that broke the camel's back type of thing, or it's this on top of so many other things. I also think that, undeniably. That because this happened at the same time that there's mass unemployment, you know, we've just gone through a pandemic, people have been at home uh, frustrated, upset, depressed, all sorts of things, that there's, I think, a mixture of emotions that basically caused all this to happen. And that's why I think it's happening around the world, too, because normally, you know, like when we had Ferguson a few years ago, that was an isolated Like it was a nationwide story, but it was happening in Ferguson, Missouri, and it definitely was not happening anywhere else in the U.S. and definitely not outside other countries. Well, this one 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 spread everywhere. Well, that's one of the the, one of the things that I wanted to expand on too,
0: because to me, and and this is a huge conversation that we started last week too. um, We've come to a point where everything good or bad gets blown out of proportion and i don't know where to point the finger at for this situation i don't know if it's the fact that social media is so spread now and it's become like the open forum but for everybody you. to exp- to explore everything because you mentioned ferguson and i remember that obviously that was just uh, that was 2014 i believe um I think so, so and, and that's a good case because obviously obama was president then and Obama was basically accused of not acting fast enough because he was the first black president. And that was an 18-year-old kid that was basically uh, killed also by a by a cop. And uh, Obama delegated to Eric Holder, who was the attorney general, to be the spokesperson of that. And people were actually saying, where is Obama? Obama is not just a black president is a president that was supposed to take care of these racial issues. And then even Holder said, well, there's a very touching situation and it took Obama days to even appear and react to this. And, and there were riots and were things, but there was never so expanded. And we're talking six years ago. Okay. And with a black president and people forget that it was a very similar situation. And our black president didn't act fast enough and the media just kind of talked about it for a week or whatever, and then it just disappeared. So I don't know what's caused this situation to be, uh, you know, when you separate the facts or what happened from the after effects, what happened is terrible. The fact that we had those things happen in police brutality um, about cop everything else the other three cops that ju- were just now convicted again uh,
1: for the first time but uh, um, all that is is you know i was thinking about why this incident was more caused more outrage than others um and i think it's a combination of the things that i said the unemployment the pandemic basically everything building up obviously that this has happened many many times where an unarmed black man has been killed but i also think that the video itself if you see a, like if you see a video of someone get shot it's almost less it's almost it's not easy to watch but it's easier to watch because it's almost instantaneous basically but th- in this particular video the reason why it was so hard to watch is like you literally watch a man sit there with a knee on his neck for five minutes as the life just drains out of him. And it was so, because th- the the defense that you can make for a cop in this situation where they shoot someone that they shouldn't have shot is that, and I'm not defending them, but I'm saying the argument that can be made is that it was an in-the-moment reaction. And listen, it is true. Cops' jobs are hard and they're scary and they don't know who is armed or unarmed. Uh, and so in the moment, they get scared and they shoot a guy that they shouldn't have shot. But in the case of this one, the guy was unarmed. He's on the ground. He already has handcuffs on. And he just, was, he just murdered him. I mean, he murdered him. Well, he did. In and and, there's no and I think the fact that that was on video, the fact that you have other cops standing there doing nothing, people yelling and hysterically on video saying, you're killing him, you're killing him, him crying out. And they just murdered him. I think that particular, it was so uh, just cold-blooded. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. There's no,
0: there's no, I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but there's there's no words to describe that particular scene. And unfortunately, that one was filmed and videotaped everywhere, and I'm sure there's similar scenes that happen And I think it goes
1: beyond even just a racial thing. Part of it is obviously the racial injustice that has been happening for a long time. But also just, listen, I'm not black, but just to see anybody, I, I one fr- there's kind of two frames of viewing it. One is obviously the police brutality, racial injustice aspect, which is very real. But then there's the other view where I see it as just the authority abusing the power and basically holding a man under his knee, basically. Holding an innocent man under his knee. And it's like, that image is very powerful in the sense of uh, an abuse of an authority's power, regardless of race, is is something sure. that and that's why really
0: I was kind of wondering if the reaction would have been the same if he was the opposite, if it was a black cop killing no, a white guy. No, it wouldn't have been. And it wouldn't have. Happened.
1: But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean the reactions are unwarranted um, you know obviously we can get into the rioting and the looting and all of that I want to get to that. um yeah, obviously no, looting a small business who had nothing but to let's do with let's it. let's back up a little bit okay. so
0: so the the initial fact is obviously the murder let's call it as it is that was murder, and the other three accomplices um were standing there doing nothing. I mean, I, I understand uh, to a certain extent if a cop is in the heat at the moment, is putting his knee. He, he, the guy was passed out basically for three minutes, and the cop, the the cop didn't even know it. Apparently, according to the autopsy stuff like that. But did he has, know it? Uh, he was he didn't have a pulse. I mean, I mean the other the other cop checked his pulse. He says he's gone. Uh, but I don't know if he knew after. It was eight minutes and forty six seconds or something. Right, you know, I mean, if you put after your knee.
1: You yeah, choke someone well, yeah, for but five minutes, you know they're going to die. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, the guy
0: was screaming for his life and then stopped. So obviously something happened. And, and uh, he held his knee down for even three more minutes when the guy was basically already lifeless. But the other three guys standing there showed up being a little more right. cool-headed and say, Hey, dude, back off. Okay, we got him already. He's face down, handcuffed. And for Kai sake, he only had like a fake bill or something. You know, he's not like fucking killed somebody. So that's, that's total brutality. The fact that people were screaming, passing by I mean, this, everybody has phones and films things all the time, and they're saying, You're killing this guy. I mean, I actually was thinking, What would I have done
1: if I see yeah, that? Yeah, I thought that too. I, I th- said, I said, th- I would I like have to tackled think, the cop. I like to think in my head, Oh, I would have just, even though I probably would get arrested or something. I know. I would try to go push him off. I like to think that I would do that. I don't know. It's always hard when I you're know. not in the real situation versus in. I the know. I'm the same way.
0: Like I'm thinking, okay, boy, that happens when I'm like shopping or something, and I see that, and I hear the guy on his. I would have just go there a little more close and, and tell the other cop. I mean, I would have done something. I'm sure. Now physically, I don't know because then the cops just take it down. I mean, and they then,
1: were yelling, but yeah. the cu- they weren't listening. Yeah, and I like to think you know, like watching the the video. I was literally as I was watching the video, I was like, "Someone go, just fucking run and push the cop off him or something." And yeah, I know you're gonna get arrested. You are obviously because you're basically assaulting an well, officer. Well, in that case, but, you might even get shot. I mean, you're attacking a police officer. I know. So I but, mean, so I like to think I do that, but I can't say that I would. Right, do that,
0: right. But the the thing, these guys are trained, okay. And the other three guys are standing, and I'm glad that they got convicted too because it's like. Guys, I know, especially I mean, I the, the, understand. The, Maybe the
1: guy who was the Asian cop who was right at the front. Right. He looked, you know, in the video, he like looks back at the guy on the ground, sees that he's basically dying, and then just turns around. Right. So, you know? so uh, we, we all, I
0: don't think there's any disagreement from anybody in the world that that was just basically murder. Okay. So, um, that is what it is. Now, after that, you have the reaction, and the reaction basically is okay here we go we have racism in america again the Uh, problem
1: too is uh, this situation is different because it's just cold-blooded murder but even in the situations where let's say someone gets shot and it's like a reaction in the moment they shouldn't have done it but they did it and you know once you shoot the gun there's nothing you can do uh the problem is that you know it's it's well known that very 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 often the cops get off; they get away with it, basically. Yeah, nothing happens to them, and that's almost more of the outrage. It's like we know it's the same way of like you know, murder is illegal in the United States, but there's still murder. You know, you can't expect nothing bad to ever happen, but but you can expect justice to be brought upon the people who commit but, those. But bad again, actions. I wanted to separate the actual fact of this
0: particular situation. Then you have demonstrations that are against what happened to mr floyd and then let me me see one second and and then and then we also have the uh racism um issue or problem that we had in the in america basically in the world to be honest but uh yeah in the for for a a long long time and then it flares up again with these things so the first you have the peaceful demonstrations which is the uh like the first stage of this where people start demonstrating saying, okay, we need to stop, one, in this case, police brutality, which is this particular case, in the wider spectrum, we need to stop being racist, okay? I mean, there's, as you said, I'm I'm white too, and I can never understand or fully understand or feel like a black person growing up in a racist society, but it's like a daily thing. I mean, I have many friends that are different races and then they say yeah it's not like one thing it's all it is it's like there's no day go by that goes by that you don't feel kind of like a touch of racism against you it, it's not your friends it's just somebody that looks at you the wrong way you know things like that and that in in fucking 21st century in 2020 is it's just right. to me it's unreal right okay? i got i think pulled o- i think, I got pulled I, over I think a few months
1: ago i like i i wasn't like nervous basically I said, okay, I got pulled over for speeding, and that was it. And I wasn't nervous for a second of like, oh, I need to be careful. I don't know what this cop's going to do. But I didn't think about that, basically. Right. And if I was black, I probably would. Right. And that's the difference, basically.
0: And that's why uh, that's why you, you start thinking, and uh, this is totally off the cuff. But I'm think, I was thinking the other day, uh, All this, all, uh, forget vaccines and shots or whatever, or inventions and all that stuff. We should have this... Kind of implant at birth that makes us all colorblind, so to speak. Not not realistically, but ser- I mean seriously, it's like it's like we need to invent something that says, okay, just because you see a person across from you, that is. This way, that race, that whatever, that religion, that just it's another person, okay? Treat them all the same. Like, I I love to do business sometimes on the phone because it's like, I kind of picture what the person is going to, you know, we do a lot of things on the phone with, with with clients, prospects, whatever, and I don't even know what the person looks like until much later, you know? I was like, oh, you know, you can f- kind of tell by the accent or something if they are from here, from there, or whatever, but uh, I'm sure they'll figure out where I'm from. But, uh, um... Yeah, there's there's a beauty on not knowing the person's background and then when you're in person with another person of different ethnic background or whatever why would you treat them differently to me it's like it's like if somebody says oh i have brown eyes or blue eyes okay fine what else it's like i don't give a fuck what color your eyes are why would i care about it? what color is your skin you know so but, so but but the demonstrations are first for the event that happened secondly for the wider spectrum of racism and then that's the peaceful demonstrations people start demonstrating they go out and they say yes you know what i'm gonna put my voice out there and everybody gets together in a peaceful manner which is not even getting into which we will do later with the covid and all the social distancing being broken rules and all that and they start demonstrating but then you have the next phase where it gets violent and it gets violent by people that are not the peaceful demonstrators that went out in the beginning it's because all these demonstrations and the happen in all the world get infiltrated with other people that have no fucking interest in the George Floyd. They may not even know what the fuck is going on. They just go there and they try to instigate violence to, for their own benefit. And that's the part that we need to annihilate, that we need to stop because it hurts everybody. It hurts the demonstrators that are trying to make a point and it hurts the cities, it hurts the business, it hurts everybody. And that's the part that I think we're not doing a good job separating and by we means everybody especially the media and social media and everybody that highlights those violent riots as opposed to the people that are actually trying to peacefully say hey we're not fixed here okay we still have an issue and this is just like you said another sample of the issue but we have a lot of work to do but when the whole rhetoric is dominated by fires and looting and backing trucks into stores and violence and all that stuff, then it's like, what's going on here? It gets out of control. And and, and that is the thing that is, when I ask in the beginning what is surprising you, that is what is surprising me, that we start with a little, uh, an issue, and then it escalates into something else, and then you have a fire, and then obviously you need to call the fire department to put up the fire, and at a point it's too late. You know, the fire department comes to your house when it's on fire and they don't give a fuck about your house, whatever, goods. They need to put out the fire. They're going to dig holes, let the air breathe out, blah, 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 blah. They do whatever they have to put out the fire. And then and that's what I think we're in a stage now where we're trying to put out this fire. And then it's too late to try to be nice or whatever. At this point, we can prevent the next fire from happening. But right now we need to put out this fire. So... Anyways, that's kind of my opinion on, on, on this escalation of, of situations. You know, how you have a, a, an initial phase. Yeah, it's and then unfortunate how it goes. that
1: there's people who are just using this as an opportunity to basically loot and steal. And they don't care about the issue. They're just saying the cops are overwhelmed, so I can probably get away with this. That's basically yeah, what they're
0: you saying. You see a 25-year-old white white kid or black kid or Asian kid, I don't care, going into a Nike store and coming out with a pair of uh, Air Jordans that guy doesn't give a fuck about George Floyd or whatever, he's taking advantage of the situation he's not right. helping and even the pers- the people that are peacefully demonstrating know that and they're like dude, you're fucking us our demonstration right. you know, so that's the real upsetting thing that people are so um I don't even know what word to use, so, so godless or whatever that they say, okay, forget it, it is
1: it is a small percentage of the
0: people. Of course. That's the issue. That's exactly the problem. That is a small percentage but it gets it's a small percentage compared to the large percentage that is doing a nice job demonstrating peacefully as they are they had the right to do, but that small percentage gets this high percentage of news. That's all you see. The fires, the looting, the demonstrations, the fires here, the fire, the the police riots there, the violence. At that point, what do you want the police to do? The police is overwhelmed. When you have a massive amount of whatever, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 demonstrators, and then they're all mixed up. And you can tell the good from the bad because they are like all mixed up. So you need to stop that kind of violence. And then when they are overwhelmed, because, I mean, the police doesn't always... I mean, there's a police force, but it's not enough to tackle hundreds of thousands of demonstrators going violently. And, and I mean, you see streets of like Fifth Avenue, Sixth Avenue, Manhattan and all stuff. I mean, they're like, it's like fucking Fallujah. I mean, it's like somebody just dropped bombs left and right with all the displays and stores shuttered and everything. It's like, what the fuck does that have to do with George Floyd? Right. You know? So yeah that that to me is 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 pretty amazing that we are the most developed country in the world yet we behave like fucking developing countries sometimes when when it comes to these things as opposed to doing things in a more civilized manner and letting people that have a point and have something to say demonstrate and prove it i mean there are people that were laying down saying, I can breathe, I can breathe you know like a demonstration. That was beautiful. There were other demonstrations that you see with cops and civilians together saying, hey, we're going to get over this. And that was beautiful. But you don't see much of that on TV. All you see is that, like you said, I mean, what do you see about things happening in Paris or in London or in other countries that are not even related? Same thing. They use that excuse just to go out and then, and most of them are like infiltrated uh, professional riotists, you know, just doing that shit, destroying property and stealing. I mean, and I agree that part of that is the fact that we've been so confined. I mean, this year, 2020, so far, socially has been nothing but fucked up. You know, we've gone from one thing to the next. And, and now people have been, their business, they, they lost their jobs. We have 40-plus million unemployed people. They don't even know they're going to be back. They lost, a lot of small businesses have lost their businesses. Just trying to reopen now after... Oh, with all these strict rules about you have a restaurant, thirty percent, forty percent capacity. You have a store. You do this, do that, and now you find your whole business destroyed. So, let's
1: I, talk about the pandemic. <clears throat> I, I understand <clears throat> it's a sensitive topic because I get and I totally understand that people say we have to go now, protest now. We can't wait. We can't do. You know, I understand, but. Uh, what happened to social distancing i mean just a week ago but, two weeks ago i mean the same people who were saying we need to s- stay you better be wearing a mask you better mm-hmm. stay home blah 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 all these things
0: all these rules i mean we had these rules as far as how we we're going
1: to go in stages how this yeah even how- in it, <clears throat> even in paris you know I, there was like hundreds of thousands of people in the streets in paris and i was like wasn't france just on total lockdown like 3 weeks ago and like totally heavily affected just a few weeks ago and they're opening very slowly and all of a sudden there's a hundred thousand people in the middle of paris shoulder to shoulder Mm -hmm. i don't know how we i mean there's either two things that that are going to happen basically either one the virus is going to spike back up again i mean it's going to happen if if it is as contagious as we think it is or two if it doesn't then I think we can probably just go back to life as normal. Because if with all of this that's been happening, no social distancing at all, basically the opposite, you know, I told you the other day, I said, you know, we, we, we basically have agreed concerts and sporting events and anything with mass groups of people aren't going to happen this year. Maybe next year they'll come back, but this is happening with mass groups of people. So if it doesn't spread like crazy because of this, then we could probably go back to normal because well, then the virus yeah, yeah, is way exactly. less uh, I mean, dangerous than we thought.
0: I, I th- it's the same thing. I it's going to be talking, one of those two. We're talking things. in California when they decide to open the beaches, close the beaches only for walking, but not for laying down in the sun. You know things like that, and um, all of a sudden everybody's demonstrating there. So it, that is another big, big question mark as far as what's going to happen with people demonstrating like this. Yeah, some of them were masks. I mean, whatever. even
1: in New York, which is the hardest hit. I mean, people were flooding the streets in new york yeah mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens uh, but uh, yeah i mean it, i mean it's really a binary thing it's either going to be a mass spike if it is as bad as we at least thought it was or if there's not a big spike then we could probably go back to normal. I mean, if, if with all this non social distancing, <clears throat> if there is not a big spike in the virus, then we can probably go back to normal. I mean,
0: yeah, I think, uh, well, the, the more important, the, the more shocking thing for me is that we've gone for about eight to 10 weeks with nothing but pandemic, COVID 19 in the news. Yeah. And then now, I also the
1: think, I think people are afraid because they don't want to seem insensitive to talk about this part. Because I haven't seen politicians talk about it. I haven't seen the media talk about it. Basically saying, hey, uh, the virus, you know, it's terrible what happened, but the virus doesn't give a shit. The virus doesn't care about your protests Mm -hmm. or if you're upset about things that are happening in the world. Uh, It's just going to take... The virus is the ultimate opportunist. Well, I mean, when you think about it... You think looters are opportunistic? Wait until you see the virus. Well,
0: exactly. I mean, you think about it like we're we're protesting or demonstrating for one tragic death. And the consequences of this could be what you call the unintended consequences. You could have many more thousands of deaths as a result of the demonstrations, uh, including, I mean, like you said, the virus is totally colorblind too. So I mean, it's gonna kill blacks, whites, whatever, you know? So if the virus was so lethal and contagious, as we have told, and we've seen that it's the the number of cases, and all these demonstrators are shoulder to shoulder, no social distancing, no protection, nothing, Um, then if we see the spike, and then as a result of that, forget about one person dying in brutal consequences or brutal reasons, but now we're gonna have another thousands of people all over the country, at least for us and maybe the world, also dying or, or being sick or with repercussions, whatever, as a result of this. Uh, you know, where do you draw the line and that's where I, I'm trying to figure out. Like I don't know exactly I mean obviously it's a it's a it's an election year and every every news media organization that whether they're aligned right, align left, align whatever they want, or every politician like you say, is gonna use this as another opportunity to blame Trump and blame the Republicans and blame this and blame that. And it's like for fuck's sake I'm so tired of that shit. Seriously. It's like Okay, you know, like you said for Ferguson, I mean, Obama was eight years president of the United States and he yeah, tried a lot of things, I, but he couldn't get everything done. And he. I want to
1: th- say this, and I'm not a black person, so I can't speak to this personally, but I know black people who have said to me that they said that they were. A little disappointed yeah no
0: that's normal that's that
1: Obama basically i think a lot of people thought when obama got elected that okay finally the racial racial issues in the united states are over and i think that's you know just because you have a black president i don't think you can expect that racial issues go away but i think they expected massive improvement and i don't think we really saw massive improvement no
0: and that's one of the biggest criticisms was obama he was there for eight years and again, I'm not gonna get into what he did right or wrong or whatever. But in this particular case, hasn't changed much. Okay, now whatever happened, whatever happened now. I mean, if 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 Trump was there until 2016 or, or January 17 or whatever, um, this is 2020. Okay, three years later, it's not everybody just everything that he supposedly may have fixed. It changed. Okay, it's it's never been fixed. I
1: think the problem too, on the other side of the coin is that I think Trump's response has been completely backwards, basically. He only cares about showing might and force and not at all about unity. And I've been always very um, fair and trying to be very uh, apolitical when I look at a guy like Trump or any politician as to what I think about them. And I've been very clear that on the things that I think Trump has done right and wrong. And I think the things he's, the biggest thing for me that he's done right is everything on China. That he was very right on that and that now both parties are in alignment against China when before him they were not. And that we were too easy on China before Trump. And I think he's done that well. Mm-hmm. But the thing, my biggest criticism from day one of him and even more so now has been that when you're the president of the United States, you are the leader of everybody, not just the leader of the people that voted for you. And that you, even if basically he knows that all he has to do is basically make sure his base comes out and votes for him and that he'll get reelected. And that's what politicians do, right? Politicians like Bernie Sanders knows that a conservative would never vote for him. So he's just trying to rile up his base and Trump does the same thing. But once you get elected, even though, even though you know that politically, people on the left are never going to vote for you, you are still their president. You still have to lead them. Mm-hmm. You still need to make at least an effort to unify. If you make the effort and they don't unify and they don't, okay, fine. Then, then fine. Then that's their decision. There's nothing more you can do. But you have to at least make the effort. And he has not made any effort to unify. And that's been my biggest criticism from day one. And then this situation exemplified that to the max where he basically showed almost no sympathy for the cause and just basically said, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, you know, stuff like that. And that's been my biggest criticism from day one, that he just basically hasn't been a leader, he's been a politician. And it's disappointing because the reason why people elected him was specifically because he was not a politician. But he's acted like one in the sense that he doesn't care about leading people, he cares about getting reelected. And that's that's his well, biggest fault, uh, in my
0: opinion. But on the on the counter argument for that, I will say that the opposition or the Democrats are also. I'm
1: not saying the Democrats <coughs> are any better, right? But I'm saying, listen, I I also think a lot of frustration is that ultimately, come November, the choice is going to be between Trump and Biden, and uh, I think honestly, uh, a lot of people are in the same. In 2016, was similar. A lot of people didn't like Trump or Hillary. And I think this year, even more so, a lot of I mean, you, I mean, I think majority of Democrats, if you ask them, is Biden your number one choice for president uh, of forget about of, of the Democrats? I think the majority of Democrats would say no.
0: Well, but that's the thing that I was thinking, OK, well, it's always very easy to criticize what other people are doing or not doing. But what would you do differently or And I'm thinking, okay, well, Biden is not criticizing Trump, obviously. What would I do differently? But at the same time,
1: I would go last Thursday or Friday when the riots started happening and give an address immediately that was incredibly sympathetic and empathetic for the cause, but also asking people in sincerity without threat to please do not Hurt small businesses and loot. That is not helping the cause. And if it gets out of control, then we will have to take stricter measures. I don't want to take stricter measures, but I will have to yeah. if it means <clears throat> I have to keep people he, safe. He claimed, That's the speech. Well, he give. did before. Was, no, he didn't. No, I mean,
0: no, he no, no. No, I know he didn't do that. What I'm saying is that, and I'm not defending freaking Trump. I don't give a fuck. But um, you remember on Thursday is when he was flying to Florida for the uh,
1: for the um. NASA rocket launch. Yeah, to SpaceX. Thing, and yeah. then uh, that was basically... Which, by the way, totally got, unfortunately that was like a big deal. We're mm-hmm. Americans back in space for the f- first time in a long time. Yeah. yeah, And that totally got overshadowed, unfortunately. Right, unfortunately, yeah. So so he went there, nothing happened, had to fly back,
0: then things started escalating. He basically was talking to the governors, which is being consistent with that. Even with the pandemic, he said, I'm going to let the governor decide what to do with each state. And then the governors were not even unified. And then specifically the governor in... in yeah, but the
1: governors aren't supposed to be unified. That's why we have states. Well, right. I you mean You can't the, expect them to all be unified. I know,
0: but basically they were that's when he started saying the governors are weak. And and he had a call with them and he said that. And then on Saturday he goes back to Florida again for the launch and then he made a statement, but it was as you said, it was lost in space, basically. <laughs> literally. It was lost in the in the SpaceX uh launch and then everything got out of proportion and then that's what started doing and to his fault he also makes these all caps tweets with with when the looting starts and all that stuff but then is when I say is that the phase two where the peaceful demonstrators started and then started getting violent and then is when you need to take action and then you start being this little fire that is breaking
1: out and you're like okay that's when if somebody if needs to he, act there before Because it gets he out said of that When did he say that? I think it was on Friday, right? When it was still mostly Minnesota Right I think if he doesn't say that We don't see such a mass reaction across the country Yes, uh, again, I, I don't know Because um,
0: the problem is that It's very hard to filter the bad the bad seeds within the demonstrators from the good guys. When you have a demonstration and you say, okay, we're gonna gather whatever, this avenue, this park, to remember George Floyd and all that stuff, everybody goes, and then you don't know who's gonna start rioting and all that stuff versus who's gonna be there with this sign just saying, hey, I, I don't have any intent. You can tell when you leave your house. If you go leave your house to a demonstration, a peaceful demonstration with a baseball bat, they don't have very good intentions if you leave your house with just with your little sign or something and your face mask and all that stuff just to hold, hand, know, hold hands these days but just kind of walk and, and chant or no whatever. Not holding hands, okay? Right. So, so then, then you have a good intention but when you leave that and you say, yeah, I'm going to join that and you dress like a Military guy with all kinds of weapons and rocks and things and you see guys that are pounding on the ground trying to break the ground into rocks So people have something to throw and all that stuff then, you know, and if I'm the cops and say, okay, well this guy uh, These guys are not and, and then they, they also cannot tell the difference, you know, so but back to your point about the elections and all that stuff Well, Biden is like Biden just two days earlier Made the stupid comment too about yeah. If you're not if you, uh, vo- if you if you if you don't know who to vote for, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, if you know uh, whether to vote for me or Trump, you ain't black. Right. And it's like, okay, nice. And even the Democrats right. were cringing. And it's like, I feel insulted with that. It's like, okay, we thought the guy that
1: was going to react better, right?
0: To to this. And then
1: you have the whole sexual assault scandal. That yeah, that too. A lot of people are basically. And this is very hypocritical, especially people who were uh, leaders in the Me Too movement saying, yes, I be- basically, I forget who it was, but there was someone who was a very prominent Me Too leader. And they said, I believe Tara Reid, but I'm still voting for Biden. Okay, that makes you a hypocrite. Right. You can't be pro-Me Too and pro um Basically, I don't know how you want to say it. Uh, the, the anti-sexual assault movement, Women's, yeah. but then when it's convenient, but when it's inconvenient, basically say I don't care. That's not being principled. Uh, that's that's what, being I, I mean, but reality is that when when people vote,
0: everybody has an opinion, a public opinion, when it comes to your privacy, when you're oh of poor. course, pouring your vote, of you course. are as selfish as you can be. Yes, and you see a lot of people that are yes. Democrats that oh, they, they said they that's said why
1: they, they say famously in twenty sixteen there was a lot of what they call closeted Trump supporters. Mm -hmm. Basically, people in... Like, especially in like Hollywood, mm-hmm. in Silicon Valley, right. in places where it's very liberal. So they don't want to openly say they're pro Trump, but they voted right. for Trump, right. basically. I
0: mean, you can see the numbers, you can see the, the ballots, and you right. say, okay, I well. I mean, he won self- the election. So selfishly, people had to vote for him. Uh, you know what? That tax break is very good. This silver thing is very good. So, selfishly, for my own benefit, I'm going to vote for Trump. No, fuck, I'm liberal and I love Democrats and all that stuff. But for one day, I'm going to vote for Trump. And then, guess what? You my, have for my years. hope,
1: I really hope. That a third party, like maybe a Mark Cuban, someone runs because I really think they could win. I really think they could win. Yeah, I really do. I just I don't think that Biden's going to win. That's the thing. Like I I think I don't think if it's just Biden versus Trump, I think Trump's going to get well. Re-elected. But
0: uh, but that's my point. And we may have a we'll take a little break and discuss this later. But uh, one thing that I wanted to discuss too is. Okay, so let's just say that Trump is not the best for this situation. I think he's good for trade. He's good for all economic growth. Like I said, I, I, always put my, I,
1: I try to be as fair as possible. On, on trade, the, the things that he's done very well that I totally agree with are China's the biggest one. The biggest, I would say, victory. Not victory, but, but uh, push that he's made that has been widely successful to the point that now Democrats and Republicans agree that we need to be hard on China, he was totally right on that. Um, I think on NATO, he was right. Hey, we're protecting all these countries. They're not paying their dues. Mm-hmm. They need to pay their dues. And he was right on that. So I'm totally open. But as a leader, right. as a unifying leader, yeah. he has not been He's that, not. so at all.
0: We can't deny that the economy was doing great. No. Uh, oh, that's the other thing. Well, well, well,
1: hold on a second. He's been on the Fed. Yeah. He's been, he tried to, artificially pump the economy. Right, because and that's, that's his, totally because that's, irresponsible. That's his only.
0: Yeah, that he he gauges his presidency by the economy. He by says by the stock market, by not the, by the economy. By the, by the market. Stock. Well, that which is what people relate the economy, but say, okay, your the stock market is high, meaning your four hundred one k is high. Uh, you're saving more money. You have more unemployment was an all time low. Everybody's employed. All that stuff. All that stuff was good, and it was, and nobody thought, okay, well, we're not gonna have a recession until probably after the elections, because he's gonna try to do whatever. He he can to keep this situation going on until that's his strength point. You know, when he goes saying, Hey, this is how we left the economy. Now we're stronger. We don't depend on China. We have the market that is up to the roof and new records and all that stuff. And so, yeah, for social issues, he's not the most diplomatic guy. He's not the right guy, but, and this is for the next segment. I don't know who is the better person. Definitely. I don't see Biden being a better president in this particular situation, then he'll be better diplomatically, not specifically as far as taking actions. So, but let's leave that for the next. Episode. I have thoughts after the break. I'm sure you do. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, um David. We were talking about um pretty much what Trump did right, what Bi- Trump did wrong. We were
1: talking Biden versus Trump. What's the answer? Well,
0: but but the, by, by leading into that, it's like. Okay, if, if you were as easy as just saying, okay, we have a person that is not doing a good job or not in this particular case, and then we replace the person and everything is solved, then we can just do it. We have an opportunity in five months. Uh, but we know it's not that easy. Okay, so, let me start. So right now we have two people that are fighting to be that person in the future, in the next four years, and one of them is the current president, which apparently... A lot of people think that he didn't do a good job. And then, um, including myself, as far as the the voice of all, the how he's. Basically. The leadership part, yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, when I say no, I think sometimes because he likes to do these tweets, he causes more, he becomes more of an instigator than a uh, peaceful, uh, pacifying person, you know? Because he sends these tweets like, right. law and order, all caps. I know. Exactly. I like what the fuck, dude. Who is that, okay. is that? Yeah. What does that mean? Are you gonna be now? Everybody's gonna be wearing guns and then just, uh, just come with a proper message. I understand tweets that you send. Sometimes I send tweets with two, two or three in a sequence or something. And maybe it's better to just appear on TV or whatever media you want. I mean, he was doing daily press conferences for the pandemic. I watched about a
1: dozen of those. And he didn't do. And a they press were conference extra long. Yeah. This until was it Monday when he did it? Yeah. When he announced was it Monday or Tuesday when he announced the military? Um, I think, I think it was, it was Tuesday. Tuesday. Actually, I think it was Tuesday. That was the first time he gave like a right national address. Right, like four days after. It oh happened. yeah, four days. Yeah. So so uh, he was doing like monthly. I mean, daily
0: press conferences with the whole team and everything and Q and A's. They were long. They were like two hours or something between that and the questions and all that in the press. So obviously he hasn't handled this team properly. Not to mention, I mean, not to excuse him that other or or compared to other presidents that may have handled it differently, better, worse, whatever. But anyways, come November, we have two options. What we have now, what we could have in the future, which is, it looks like it will be Biden, even though it's not officially nominated yet. But this is my problem. I don't think Biden will do a better job than Trump as far as eradicating racism. Okay, I'm not talking about the reaction. Biden would
1: not be as inflammatory but the idea that Biden would get anything, anything done, not just racism—I mean, anything—period. I mean, I don't think Biden's going to be a strong leader at all. I mean, he's so, senile. Uh, 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 so, okay, my answer. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really, me... I'm really
0: frustrated because yeah, I, where everybody, everything I hear from very smart people is like, we have to choose the lesser of the evils or
1: the of the least bad choice. Okay it's like we don't have a guy that we look forward to (laughs) but here's the answer you don't the answer is don't vote for biden or trump that's the answer i think the okay this is my um (laughs) you how do you do that this is my show up or do you vote blank or how is that this is my belief i think that the republicans and the democrats and i'm talking the parties the parties not the the people the voters i'm talking about the parties themselves the gop and the democratic party okay i think that as much as they might dis- dislike each other the enemy of my enemy is my friend and they know that they as long as they are able to maintain their duopoly they won't always be in power. Some, you might have years where Democrats are in power, some years where Republicans in power, but they know each other. They know each other very well, and they know that, you know what, Trump is president now, Obama was president before, we might have a Democrat president again, Congress is Republican now, next time it'll be Republican or it'll be Democrat, you know, whatever, right? It happens, it goes in cycles. And uh, they know that as much as they hate each other, as long as they keep things the way they are, that they always maintain power, that it's always going to be one of those two. But that's not what's best for the country, that's what's best for them. And that they actually work together, I think, to, behind closed doors, to basically maintain a duopoly. That's what I honestly think. And that's why everything, everything, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's racial issues, whether anything, anything, gets divided into left versus right narratives. Well, Everything. how do you, how do you, um, because I'll give you a issue. perfect example. Racial issues have always been much more um, uh, voiced and um, pushed as a part of the, uh, I don't want to say agenda, but as a part of the, the goals to amend of the Democratic Party. And there's this, narrative that is if you are Republican or if you are conservative, that you are racist. And vice versa too. like, for example, if you are Democrat or liberal, that you are like totally socialist and you don't want capitalism or anything. Um, But that's just not true. Uh, You can be a conservative for you can have conservative views on monetary policy. I believe in more conservative views on monetary policy, even though Republicans have th- totally thrown it out the window, too. They don't give a shit about spending anymore either. But I think that the Fed is way out of control. I think that, yeah, we need to actually manage the deficit and our debt. Believe it or not, we don't have unlimited money, right? I believe those things. But I also believe that we should have racial equality, and that there is racial injustice in the But country. let me ask
0: you, you just said something, one second, um, that it looks like racism is associated with the political party here. Yes. Like Republicans and seem to be more racist Yes. in and general. And
1: that's because, let me, let me say, there are certainly Republicans that are racist, 100%, but not even close To all Republicans are racist. No,
0: no, obviously uh, it's always a very small minority, but but this is the only. And I'm not Republican, but but this is one of the differences. Like, like I come more from a European background, and I can tell you that race issues in Europe are a social issue, not so much a political issue. Like, like when you have demonstrations or racial things in Europe, whether it's Spain, France, Italy, Germany, England, it's not so much that it's the Conservatives or this. I mean, first of all, most of European countries have a multi partisan uh, yes. system. Um, so. Right. Nobody it, in Europe
1: has two parties. They have like 10.
0: Well, I mean, England, I mean, the UK is closer. But but yeah, they, they have a lot of different uh, multi partisan um, democracies. Uh, so. But yeah, but nobody says, uh, you know, there's racism in Europe, too. I mean, you have, there's like, There's racism even everywhere. Everywhere, exactly. non not American like, but, but it's, it's a, it's it's a, a big issue, thing. too. I mean, even even in soccer games, and you see European champion leagues, and all that stuff, they have these things, like, say no to racism, and all that stuff, World Cups, and all that stuff. But it's never something that you relate too much to whoever is in power. Because you have a coalition government between social democrats and conservatives, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, we're governing the country, and. It's a social issue with society, but not so much with the political party. Right. And this is the only place where it looks like it's more related to, oh, conservative slash more racial conscious whatever, and more uh, you know
1: monetary right. policy. Basically, uh, right. It's every issue. Let's besides race. Let's put race aside. Um, okay, another one that's a very hot button topic. You know, there's a lot of Democrats and liberals who are pro-gun and pro-Second Amendment, but they would never say it in left circles because you're not allowed to say that in those circles. Um, You can be pro, uh, and before it used to be, and this was because of the evangelical right that basically it was looked at that if you're on the right, you are anti-gay, and that's just not true. Are there people on the right who are anti-gay? Yes. Are all people on the right anti-gay? No, definitely not. I mean, Peter Thiel is an open Republican and he's openly gay. I mean, yeah, it's right. it's like, but this is the narrative, and that's what I'm saying, that they push these narratives to split everything left-right, that there's no other option, that you can't be a mixture, that you can't be anything else, that you are either on team A or team B, and that's it. And that's your choice.
0: But the only choice is if we have any independent whole uh, yes. libertarian or the whatever. The people
1: who say that if you vote independent or vote third party, that you are wasting a vote, can go fuck themselves, okay? Because guess what? If all the people who don't want to vote for Trump, but also think Biden would be a terrible leader, decided, hey, let's actually vote third party. I guarantee you that person would get 30-plus percent of the vote. Who is the third party? I don't know.
0: Well, we don't have one. That's the thing.
1: But the other reason is that a lot of people don't want to run third party because nobody third party ever wins. Well, well, exactly. But the
0: last time we had an official third party candidate, wasn't that like Ross Perot or something like that? We've had
1: more since then. Um, I don't remember. Rand Paul ran as a, a libertarian. Um, You had but nobody has ever as far as having a real chance Ross Perot was probably the last one I'm trying to remember if there's anybody who's had a real chance at winning. Um, I don't think so But that's because of this idea. You're wasting your vote No, because how does politics work? They cater to the votes they need to win so they don't cater to the people who Vote third party because it's a small percentage and it's not worth it to them but if all of a sudden the third-party vote was 30% of the vote. You think they wouldn't cater to those people?
0: No, I, 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 know, I know the numbers. And I so mean, my point uh, is, elections these days are you can
1: s- use your vote as a screw you to the system and to the duopoly, and it's not wasting your vote. It's not wasting your vote. I would rather vote third-party than compromise myself and vote for a guy like Biden who I don't believe in at all. First of all, the sexual assault charges okay people don't care about that anymore i thought we did uh i think he's senile and he's going to be a terrible leader i don't think that he has the he's a career politician too which i definitely don't like voting for career politicians uh his son has been involved in numerous scandals in ukraine in china i don't know what's going on there all that gets sweeped under the rug it's like because he's the anti-trump all of these issues that with any other normal candidate would be front and center, get swept under the rug. I'm not going to compromise myself and vote for Biden. I would rather vote for third party. And I think if more people took that view and didn't look at it as, oh, I'm wasting my vote, you're not wasting your vote. Because if you send a message, and all of a sudden in this election, 20% of the population ends up, or of the voters, vote for third party, that's a serious message. That's a, but, I think that's what needs to happen for real change because I think a lot of the problems we have in the country are we have a duopoly and everything is left-right, everything is left-right. The pandemic is left-right, everything.
0: Let me ask another question, back to uh, the situation with the demonstrations and the riots and all that stuff because this is something that I really don't know what the proper reaction is, but okay, so so we had demonstrations, peaceful, most of them, but then we have a minority of demonstrators that caused 90% of the damage. And uh, so you get, let's say that you are a, a Democrat and you've been closed for like two or three months now. You own a restaurant, small shop, retail, whatever. And you'll be closed following the rules and all that stuff. And then you finally open, you get these demonstrations in front of your street and it's not even in the city where anything happened, whatever. You get these guys that all of a sudden just crash into your store at night, back up a pickup truck, steal everything and then you have all this damage. You're already, totally fucked up for two, three months, like trying to survive, paying your employees, doing whatever you can, government loans, all that stuff. And now you get this thing. And then, like in New York, Governor Cuomo basically said, no, we don't want any protection. We want everybody to be allowed to demonstrate. And he basically banned National Guards, whatever, from protecting. What do you do? I mean, I'm thinking, okay, nobody's protecting me.
1: Right. So, okay. so, so back I don't know to, how to solve that. If I, if I'm a Democrat,
0: the, I'm thinking, okay, I have a democratic governor, and this guy is basically saying it's free for all. If they break into my store that I've been working my life, I've blood, sweat, and tears to survive, this now is, this guy is not defending me. Okay. So, are they forcing me to say, hey, at least Trump is saying let's bring the military, so somebody has to protect me?
1: This is the thing. So, this how, is, how do you solve that? My, uh, what I would. When Trump said the looting starts, the shooting starts, that's a horrible... That's a bad bad tweet, headline, whatever. This is what I think Trump should have said. Okay, this is my speech. If I'm the president, this is my speech. I come out and this was last week. I would go out on Friday or whenever this kind of started really escalating. And basically say, listen, I totally empathize with the cause. You're right. This is a horrible killing. This is a horrible injustice. We need to make sure that these people get prosecuted, and we need to make sure that we have reforms so that this happens much less often in the future. I can't promise it will never happen again, but we need to re- make sure this happens much less. Uh, and then basically saying, and I totally am pro peaceful demonstration. If you want to go out and protest and make your voice heard, please, I, I go for it. Right? That is your constitutional right. But It is my job to protect people too. And so, so long as you stay peaceful, nothing's going to happen. You have every right to do so. But if riots continue, if mass looting continues, I will have to step in. I don't want to step in, but I will have to because my job is to make sure people are safe. And that's the message, basically. And make it very clear. So based on that message, it's, it's
0: it's not what he did by how he said it. Because yeah, I mean, he basically, he basically he basically did what you're saying. If this happens, which did happen, I will have to jump in and bring...
1: And I wouldn't bring the military first well, of all. Well, National Guard is military, okay? So No, so, no, but it's different. The National Guard is in each state. Bringing the US Army to the streets of Los Angeles is a step that I would not take unless the National Guard said we are not able to handle. Well,
0: it. I mean, the that was just the issue. The national Guard is in the state, but they don't have enough. In some cases, there is a flaw. It's not different uh, when there is a national but, de- but when there is a, a national disaster, for example, like a hurricane. No, no, no hurricane. But Let me
1: finish. Let me, let me, let me tell you this. The only time, so basically, he's using the Insurrection Act of 1807, um, and that basically says that the president can send the military against the people uh, in necessary time to protect basically uh but not just to protect but to squash rebellions and things like that that's what the act is for um but the only time that has ever been used right in in hurricanes it's by the state's request the states say please send them right but he said very different he said if the states don't request it and I see that they are in trouble, I'm gonna send it in against their wishes, basically. The only time that's ever happened was Lyndon B. Johnson when they were basically desegregating schools. And I think, was it Arkansas? I think it was Arkansas uh, said, the, the governor of Arkansas, who was very racist, put the National Guard to stop black people from getting into the schools. So Lyndon B. Johnson sent in the U.S. military to stop the Arkansas National Guard and said, no, we yeah, I mean, that's the I, only time it's ever happened. Well, I think it's happened a couple more no, times, but- against the will of states. It's it's happened okay. at state's request, but not against the state's request. Okay, well- That's the difference. Um, He's basically saying, which is totally anti-American because the whole point of America is that you have 50 United States, but they are are almost independent states, basically, and that they come together for certain issues, but for the most part, they're independent. And the federal government is supposed to be limited, but now the federal government starts overpowering and says, we have the authority, and against the state's will, we are going to send in the military against uh, the state.
0: Based on this, do you approve of the uh, decision of Governor Cuomo in New York of saying, no, we're not going to prevent... Looters and no, if, is that right. what he said? I yes. don't know exactly what he said. He basically said, said he,
1: "Is he sending in the national guard?"
0: I don't know at this point, but that there were. If he this,
1: said, "I'm gonna let looters loot," yeah, that's stupid. That's not doing his job as governor.
0: He told the police force basically, "I I want the the demonstrators to continue," on Yeah, was no- you can
1: have. I have, there's, first of all, no leader can do anything about peaceful protesters because that's in the Constitution. You're allowed to do that. There's nothing. Uh, uh, and if you do, you're breaking constitutional law, and they can take you to court over that. Okay. But, like I said, my message would be very clear. Please peacefully protest. I implore you to do so. But if things get violent and the looting continues, I will have to step in. Basically, that's the message. You will give me no choice. So please, as a community, agree. And if you see someone looting, please stop them. Or thinking about looting, please stop them. Because I don't want to step in, but I will have to. You know, It's kind of like if a parent tells their kids, you have like a brother and sister fighting. You don't want to step in, but guess what? If they're you know, on the verge of uh, killing each other, then yeah, you got to step in. That's how I view it. That's the message. Instead of just saying immediately, I'm going to shut everything down. Curfews at 6 p.m. or whatever ridiculous times they were setting. It's yes, it is very much about what you say and how you say it. That matters a lot. It's 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 having a clear, empathetic message instead of just saying, "Fuck you," we're so squashing this.
0: Let's let's start um, wrapping up this particular topic. Um, so, what do you think? Um what happen from here? I mean, will this just fade
1: out over I time? I can't predict it. I have no idea. I didn't. I didn't see this coming. To how it did so fast. So, well, but that's I don't know. that's <sighs> a, the topic that I
0: started with. Uh, I think it's coming so fast because the media and now social media too has this snowball effect where they make something that is well, it's not that important, or in this case, it's very important, but they uh, emphasize so many. Headlines and and uh, controversial topics and, and and highlighting the negativity of the situation that they make the snowball effect much more than it would have been in other times. Like like we're talking about Nick King in the beginning. That was ni- 1992, if I remember, and that was like lots of riots in LA and everything else but it was basically concentrated to LA it didn't happen you know uh, to the extent that this is happening worldwide now um even ferguson the same thing i mean we have like different things Trayvon that uh, Trevor martin in in florida the kid yeah. and that wasn't was a the couple Baltimore that was more riots a few years right exactly so uh, so it looks like now, uh, not, and, and again, to go back to Trump, I mean, he is the biggest user of social media, particularly tr- Twitter, as far as instigating even more more headlines. But I, I actually think, I mean, I think social media and the media in general, but when you watch TV, you know you're watching this channel, or this other channel, like you watch MSNBC, and you like this, you, you know what you're gonna get, you watch Fox News, you know what you're gonna get, all right. stuff. Right, and
1: when I talk about narratives, it's never more clear. If you want to understand the narratives that basically the parties are trying to push, whenever there's a hot topic like this, go watch MSNBC, see what they're saying, change the channel, go to Fox right. News, see it. The narr- they're so obvious about
0: but, it. But that's, that's right. And then you have viewers for one or the other, and then CNA is like all over, CNN is all over the place too. Uh, but when you go to social media, you don't have that kind of affiliation in, in theory, okay? In theory,
1: in theory, but in practice, you do. I mean, well, you can just go to people's accounts and see that. Well, okay, because all they tweet but but is you also but you stuff. also
0: decide who you follow, who you don't follow, and other stuff. And so, in 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 on TV, you basically have an anchor that is just giving you the news with his personal personal opinion, all that stuff. So, but I think um, like I, I think social media, not just in this particular case, but even during the pandemic, doing whatever effect or whatever event happens in the world, whatever is. Uh, sporting, acting, this and that, or whatever, or, polit- or politics—it really um, is created. I mean, you—you you have programmers and developers of social media platforms, as you know, that tweak the algorithm to encourage this kind of uh, interaction, and they are instigators of. Um, exchanges between users, okay, let's just put it that way to be neutral. But that's how they make money because they have more engagement, they have more ads they can place and everything else. So that's how it works. So when you have a, a, a program or a platform that is basically working hard to instigate the fact that you go there and you say, I'm going to check Twitter for five minutes. And before you know it, you're spending 50 minutes checking something you go to facebook to look at something quickly and then you start going through a timeline it's like holy shit that's been an hour this
1: gets into a different topic that's a different topic i know i know but i want to mention on that uh, i think personally i think that we are going through a transitionary period where basically for the first ten thousand years of civilization we did not have instantaneous global communication tools that were free for everybody and now we do And we're still, and yeah, we've had it for, you know, years now. But really, I mean, social media, I would say, as far as mass adoption, has really only been, what, like seven, eight years probably? I mean, it it existed before that. But as far as like hundreds of millions, billions of people using it, it's only, it's not even been 10 years really. Probably around 2012 is when it really exploded, I would say. So it hasn't even been 10 years. Uh, I just think we're not used to it yet. And I think we'll learn Um, and I think that in the same way, you know, there's this new I there's this new kind of uh, uh, philosophy, I guess you could call it of information diet in the same way that everybody knows, okay, if I just eat candy all day or donuts all day or whatever, name your junk food that I'm going to be unhealthy. And so having candy in a small amount as a treat or whatever is fine, you'll be fine. But if you just, if your diet consists 90% of candy, okay, you're gonna be unhealthy. Well, I think the same is true of information diets. If 90% of your information diet comes from watching TV and going on social media, that it's like basically eating bowls of candy.
0: So, so should a social media account like with a cigarette warning saying, warning, the use of social media is dangerous to I your mental health. You will spend more time than you wish doing this thing. Just it's addictive. I think people
1: need to acknowledge it. And I think more and more people are now. Um, and in the same way that people limit the amount of, uh, basically, foods that they eat and watch their personal diet, they should watch their informational diet, basically. Um, so I think that that's but going. But by to doing happen. that,
0: you're putting the responsibility on the people, not so much on the social media I, platforms. And I,
1: I'll say this too. I think that it would be on the people. It always is on the people, ultimately, right? Like cigarettes have big warnings. Nobody is unclear about the dangers of cigarettes, but people still smoke. If that's your choice, fine, go for it. That's your choice. You know the consequences. Okay. Uh, So I think of it the same way of social media. And by the way, social media is not cigarettes, okay? There's plenty of good on social media, but there's also lots of bad. And the bad part is that, like you said, negative things can explode faster than ever. And I think that's the biggest consequence of social media. But I think that platforms will evolve and change over time. I think that new platforms will pop up. I think that current platforms will change um, and that people will be more aware. And I think it's just new. Um, and that we're in a transition period and also a lot the majority of people went from a world where social media did not exist to where it does now and I think that the young gen Z the teenagers and stuff who basically grew up with social media treat it much differently than adults do I mean this is just very well yeah
0: that that's the same thing for all kinds of media and everything I mean uh younger people don't even watch tv they're yeah. always on their own i platform. don't watch tv right exactly i, I do not watch tv uh, Whereas older people or more mature people or adult people whatever they use for even for entertainment like they watch sports on tv movies okay, on tv yeah, and all exception. that stuff i watch sports that's right. the only thing but i watch but you also on TV. watch a lot of sports on your phone or a tablet or some kind of mobile device on your computer if I can yeah. right um so the the consumption of media is changing towards it's funny because we went through all these big screens and now it's kind of going to smaller screens. It's the opposite direction. But so one, one final question or comment. In this particular situation, if this happens, as you said, social media has evolved a lot over the past the past seven, eight, nine, ten years. If this happens exactly the same situation ten years ago, you think it would have escalated like
1: it is now? No, because it did happen 10 years ago. It's been happening for a long time. Exactly. Uh, so, no. Um, I. This is my final. Uh, we can talk more next week on the social media side of things. Because we didn't even get it to Zuckerberg and all of that. Yeah, that's um, But we can get into that next week. Who knows? Maybe there will be a ton of new changes by next week. Um, but And even, like, there was a thing on the New York Times opinion uh, that they published an op-ed from um, Senator Cotton from, uh, I think, Arkansas. And he basically was very pro using the military against people and all of that. And obviously, the New York Times these days is known as a very left-leaning newspaper. And the majority of people that subscribe to it are left-leaning. And they were not happy that the New York Times published that op-ed. Um, but the New York Times re- replied and basically made a public statement saying, we want to publish, especially because this guy's a senator and is in power, that we want to publish both sides of the opinions and make people aware especially because this guy has the ability to we're not agreeing with him but he has the ability to vote things into legislation and so it's important to be aware of his opinion even if you don't agree with it and a lot of people were didn't take that as a good answer and hated them Mm -hmm. i'm not a big new york times fan i agree with them in this case i totally agree disagree with with senator cotton I think is a moron for thinking that we should send the military in and use brute force against protesters but you need to understand the opinions especially of people in power if he was just some random joke but he's a senator he has legislative power so you need to know their opinions basically if you're going to fight against them um, but a lot of people didn't agree with that and this is the new york times i mean this is a, a newspaper that is very left-leaning and the majority of their subscribers are left-leaning people uh, and they got a lot of backfire for it, uh, and I I think I was actually happy that they stood their ground and didn't just remove it. Um, but basically, my my final point is, in the moment, it's easy to think the world is ending, and oh my God, we have pandemics and all these riots, blah, blah blah. Listen, people have been through shit. For oh a yeah, long no, I time. never thought. Yeah, one of the reasons why I love reading history so much is because it does repeat itself. This has ha- we've had plagues, we've had riots. Look at go if you want to read the closest thing of what you can kind of expect to happen in the United States, go read the history of Rome, because basically everything that's happening in the U.S. happened already in Rome, just at a different pace. No, I, I, I'm they not, had civil wars, they yeah, had riots, they had racial injustices, they had slaves, they had slave revolts. All of this happened before. And it's been happening for a long time. But
0: it's frustrating the fact on, on the on the racial issue. It's frustrating the fact that totally that we are unable to fix it or to to just get over it, basically yes. in a good way. You I know, totally because because in this case, I mean, yeah, uh, in this case is a it's a fatal situation where the backup. Kill this person, but it, but there's racial issues on daily society uses. I mean, I don't care. You apply for a loan and you're black versus white, and then you're treated differently, or you get into, like you said, you are um, late in a park and you come across a black guy and you feel threatened. He's a white guy. You hey, how you doing? You know, it's just it's just. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's just it's really screwed up that we still have those issues. You know, and and they happen every day. I mean, if if. If you're a black person You deal with that stuff daily And, and um, uh, It's, it's uh, You know, it repeats itself And this is one of the cases where it's too bad That it repeats itself, it should be a situation Where we are all, like I said, we have this We're given this implant where we don't see races And then we're all the same Okay, we
1: can be, we can see everything else Everything else in society, our colors are Yeah, pattern. but here's the thing But In the US, the bigger problem is racism uh, People <laughs> It's unfortunate, but first of all, racism is not an American thing. I think a lot of Americans think that because no, we're a it's world- no, it's worldwide. It's a worldwide thing. And there's even racism between like as far as Americans go, we look at them and they all look like they're the same race to us, but they aren't. I mean, go look go ask the average American probably cannot look at an Indian and a Pakistani and tell the difference. I mean that's just the truth. They hate each other okay uh but that's
0: that's more country rivalry than racial it's
1: multiple things there's also religious i -hmm. mean look at the sunni and the shia yeah look at the hindus and the muslims in pakistan and india uh look at in china how they treat the uyghurs i mean it's everywhere by the way china coming out and talking about black lives matter screw you first of all china just a few months ago was having uh getting called up because they were persecuting black people in China. And they they Tibet and the Uyghurs, China can fuck off. Okay. Well, Thank we're you very not much. This. Um it's unfortunately it's a human thing that we love to find reasons to hate each other, whether it's classism, whether it's racism, whether it's religious beliefs. Um I don't know if we'll ever totally get past that. Even in the US, um, There's, I think people talk about racism a lot. I think people don't talk enough about classism in the United States. Or about tribalism between left and right, like I was just saying. I mean, there's plenty of Republicans and Democrats who hate the other side. They literally hate, there are Democrats who openly say, I hate Republicans. And Republicans who say, I hate Democrats. um, That's fine. And that's uh, like, so I don't know if it'll ever totally go away. The difference is making change at the levels of power, so that one group does not have power over another. That's the difference, um, and that's what we still haven't solved. It's gotten better, but we haven't solved it. Basically. Right. Right. Uh, but we'll get through it. We've gone through everything. We'll get through it. That's my uh, that's my message. All right, David,
0: that was great. Um, thanks for your time. Um, yeah, this has been a little bit of a
1: not our usual topics. Not our usual like topics. And in, in my newsletter this week, the ecom edge. It was on Tuesday, and Tuesday was the day everybody was doing the blackout. Is the blackout Tuesday? Yeah. And I, I just, I was like, I talked to you, and I was like, should we send this? I was like, no, I don't that's think we fine. I mean, what do I, I want to be? So. I mean, we, we've been so discussing this. Said,
0: this is like the topic that is being in everybody's right. mind. No one everywhere. cares about ecom tactics and, right and now. And it's one of those things where you you err if you don't talk about it and you err you talk about it too much and you say one thing and it could be taken the other way. Uh, It's it's a very tough issue. And, uh, uh, you know, hopefully everybody will be able to take us, you know, just kind of sit back and take a little step backwards and look at the bigger picture. And like you said, we're not going to, this is not. But
1: you um, also have to put morals over money. You know, I think that's the problem with a lot of businesses is they don't want to, Put morals over, but I always
0: like to to when I when I have a big issue, big problem, whatever. I like to compartmentalize it and separate facts. And and it's like like I said in the beginning, we have the killing was brutal. The the peaceful demonstrations is a logical reaction that is happening is fine, but then the looting and the riots and stuff—that's the part where people start crossing the line. And unfortunately, those people are not the ones that are demonstrating for the killing of. George Floyd, they are basically having selfish interests that have no fucking clue what what they do, and they're just taking advantage of the situation to go into a store and steal whatever. And we've seen stupid videos of people walking with a cheesecake or fuck like that, you know. So, and then you see the government responses, and they have expressed, so so when you start compartmentalizing the, the facts, and you say, okay, this needs to be fixed, this is normal, and we need to enforce these peaceful demonstrations to give more public awareness, and then, but all that stuff needs to be having an effect down the road, like, are we getting better? Is this, is this tragic death going to make us better as a society, or, or are we, I mean, six months, going to forget it, and then three years later, something happens, and we do the same thing again? I think it will. Do we learn I from all these situations? W- I think we will. I, I hope so. I hope so, because, uh, you know, I definitely don't want to see this. I think, this. if
1: anything... Uh, all of this between the pandemics and the rioting and everything that's happened this year, I definitely think that we'll come out much stronger uh, because of this. Yeah, I, do I mean,
0: think I, so. I, one thing I've noticed during the pandemic uh, is that when you go to stores or drive-throughs and things like that—not stores inside, but drive-through stuff—people are super nice. They're like, like even, I mean, everybody's edgy when they are doing stuff, but then on a on a personal to, person-to-person interaction, people are usually a little more warmer and they're trying to compensate for this bad situation that we're going through to say hey we're still humans and we still kind of need social interaction and uh i don't know i mean i I'm, I'm optimistic as you are and and you know we have very interesting six months ahead of us specifically elections i don't know what point the elections are going to get um but the headlines these days uh, normally in any other election year we will be talking elections for last five months And now it's like one thing after another now that the uh, Republican convention it looks like it's gonna be moved because North Carolina is not allowing the um, Social distance rules or whatever. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, but I
1: also wanted to, one final note um, That I wanted to mention. I think when a lot of people talk about systemic issues Most people feel like, what am I going to do about that? What am I going to do about the justice system? What control do I have? Or in everyday life, racial prejudice, whatever. What you can do is you can control what you do. You can control your actions, basically. And if everybody controls their actions, that you can make real difference. And so if you're, like, lots of VCs now are talking about, oh, we need more diversity and inclusion. It's like, okay, well, how about you start by hiring right. black VCs mm-hmm. or funding black founders, you know, things like that. Right. Put your money where your mouth is. Right. Uh, and that goes for everybody, right? It's like, you, I understand that saying, like for me, it's like, okay, do I think we need systemic change? Yeah. What am I going to do about it? I don't know. I don't know how to make systemic change, but I can control what I do in everyday life. Right. No. It's right? Just, I can control how I talk and treat people. I can control uh, who I do and don't work with. And if everybody does those things, that's how you can make. Change. Yeah.
0: Everybody is making decisions. Even even if their decision is not to act, that in itself is a decision. So, right. Um, yeah it's, it's basically with all of us so and with that we'll um, we'll wrap it up for today David again thank you very much and uh, we always welcome your uh, your comments this is a, a very delicate issue uh, but an issue that needs to be uh, spoken about and we wanted to also just give our opinion uh, this is totally unscripted so we're giving you our, our thoughts as they come and uh, but definitely um, just uh, comment whether it's on our your podcast platform or Uh, youtube whatever you get to uh, see this podcast um, just give us your thoughts and support us and and for sure do something about it yourself so we can all um, stop talking about these things in the future and just talk about other stuff so um, until next week uh, this is Manuel and David from MGR Unplugged thank you very much goodbye everybody